Today we're talking to Mikola Puniev, a pre-construction manager with Ellis Dawn out of Ottawa. Mikola is talking to us about modified design build projects. Mikola, what's the difference between traditional design build and modified design build? The design build procurement method has been around for a while and it has been very popular with uh, many institutions, private clients, and uh, in some cases, even government clients. So generally and normally, a design builder will represent a single point of contact for design and construction, and will provide so-called uh, one-stop shop for a client's uh, infrastructure, real estate, or build needs. Uh, again, generally, uh, with design-build contract, will include uh, a few phases. The first phase would be the request for a qualification where the client or the entity that needs to execute a construction project will go into procurement and will select a design builder based on the criteria. And design builder will undertake both design and construction. And part of the procurement process will include giving uh, a lump sum price to complete this design or given design build project. So again, normally uh, the client or the owner will procure the team, design build team based on uh, experience and uh, qualification criteria, and then uh, uh, selected proponent or the winning proponent will uh, execute both design and construction, and the price will be agreed very early on. In some cases, the price is agreed prior to uh, concept design, and in some cases, the price will be agreed around 30% design development, but the price is determined before construction starts. And that's one of the one of the advantages because it provides significant uh, time savings. So this is normal conventional design build process. Now, the modified, that's where the tweak comes in. And uh, Modified design build procurement is very popular in Canada by department or with Department of National Defense. Uh, DND has uh, an entity, a crown entity that does all the contract administration for them, which is Defense Construction Canada. And DCC, Defense Construction Canada, loves the modified design build method of procurement. And the reason why they love it, because it gives them a flexibility that normal or conventional design build type of procurement is not providing. So let's uh, talk about those nuances and let's talk about the points that the owner, and in this particular case, we're talking uh, about uh, D&D and DCC. So the modified comes into the play uh, somewhere halfway through the development phase. And uh, I'll just do a step back and I'll uh, reiterate conventional or normal steps of design builds method of procurement. And then we'll talk a little bit more about this ramp off or uh, additional benefits that owner can have. So again, uh, phase one of the normal or conventional design build procurement will apply 
the owner will put together a qualification based request where the proponents will put together uh, their experience, technical qualifications, uh, proposed team, and all these good things to demonstrate to the client how they are, or to the owner, how they're uh, suited to do the job, where their experience lies, and what would be the cost of uh, selecting this particular team. So as, as uh, uh, proponents respond to request uh, for qualification, they'll provide a package and sometimes uh, it will also include some pre-concept designs just to show the client how this particular team is to stand out from the rest or where the particular team can bring the value at. So as request for a qualification process uh, uh, proceeds and based on criteria, the winning team is selected, the owner will uh, engage into the second phase, what sometimes called development, sometimes it's called reconstruction. Basically at that point, it will be uh, an open communication type scenario where the owner will sit at the same table with the development team and construction team, which will represent both designers and the construction firm. The team will go through the definition of the scope. They will further develop the scope and depending how the uh, deal or modified design build contract is structured, there will be certain phases or milestones set up. And the way I call them, they're just like a price checks. So as design is getting developed uh, from uh, pre-concept to concept to design development to construction uh, documents, each of those phases will have a price check with initially rough order of magnitude estimate, and then it's going to be class D estimate, and then class C, class B, class A, and then there will be a tender tender package uh, with a fixed price proposal. So now we got to the point where the modified design build differs from conventional design build. And that point comes at the fixed price proposal stage. And let's say, and again, this depends on how the agreement is drafted. Let's say, or let's assume at 60% uh, of the design development, the owner wants to lock the price they can do that. But let's say at, at, at that point, the price is not acceptable or there is uh, additional scope required to be added. The client has an opportunity to steer or fine tune the design because through the design development, they receive all these price checks. And uh, where it differs from other uh, procurement methods is sometimes the client is blindfolded about what would be the uh, the outturn cost because designers are getting uh, carried away with uh, their creativity and trying to make the client happy and fulfill all the requirements. But if no uh, estimating is conducted throughout this process, the <laughs> the, the budget is basically uncontrolled. So the beauty of modified design build is that, first of all, the owner gets to participate at all the price checks. 
the get to understand exactly what's been accounted for in the design and that gives them opportunity to identify things that are overkill or things that are clearly missing. But then it's getting even more interesting. So after the price check, and that's, I guess, the main caveat with modified design build. So uh, the design team gets through all these uh, design phases, the contractor prepares all the estimates. And in case if there is no commercial agreement can be achieved at the time of the tender, and the price is not satisfactory to the client or for a, for whatever other commercial reasons that may arise, the client still has an opportunity to take this uh, ramp off and negotiate with a current proponent to finalize the design package and go into conventional procurement method at that point. So again, just to reiterate, the modified design build allows the owner at the tender stage or at fixed price proposal stage when the design builder is provide, providing the package saying, this is how much it's going to cost to build this. And the client for, or the owner for whatever reason is not settling with that. There is an opportunity to negotiate with the current proponent to finalize the package, put it on the market and go conventional route and put the, this entire package back to the market and let other contractors to price the completed design. So in a nutshell, this is the nuance of modified design build. But I guess what's important, so this is, uh, this is on the legal side and the, uh, I guess the commercial side that everybody has this opportunity to pick a different horse, if I can put it this way, at completion of the design. But the true benefit of this approach is that both designer, contractor, and owner are sitting at the same table throughout the entire process. And that allows to clear all the ambiguities, all the misunderstandings, or all the assumptions that design builder team might have taken into consideration while they were responding to a paper RFP or request for qualification. So again, back, back to the point of integration and collaboration. The modified build, design build procurement method allows for all the parties to sit at the same table while design is being developed and pretty much to the point where it goes out to market and being priced. So to conclude, and I guess at the high level overview, 1000 feet overview at modified design uh, build uh, method of procurement, if everything goes well and uh, uh, the owner is fully aware of what they're getting, they're fully appreciative of the price that the contractor prepared through uh, all the estimates and price checkpoints, and the fixed price proposal is accepted. Design builder gets into the implementation or execution phase where the, the, the building or facility or whatever the build is, is getting into execution, i.e. being built. So in a grand scheme, having the same designer and builder as a single point of contact and as one entity provides significant benefit to the owner at that phase because there is no finger pointing to the consultants, there is no finger pointing to the contractor, it's only single entity that has 
taking care of design and construction. And at the same time, uh, that allows for a contractor to be more efficient and include for constructability issues while design is being still developed rather than trying to find solution for things that are impossible to construct but are on the drawings or make some considerations for more efficient, uh, effective methods and means of construction because they, the contractor is also part of the design team and has an influence and has and brings the expertise of constructability to the design table. No procurement model is perfect. What are the disadvantages of modified design build? And are there projects where it won't work as well? Yes, absolutely. So um, again, as you mentioned, there is not a perfect method for uh, everything and it truly depends on what uh, level of complexity and magnitude of the project is. And if we are talking, if we're, if we're talking about the residential construction, for example, conventional design build or construction management a method of procurement is considered to be more uh, applicable to residential towers uh, or even uh, like a commercial office space, which is which which is not considered to be overly complicated. The largest uh, the largest benefit uh, of this is well, it's it's for I guess all the stakeholders, but also the largest disadvantage is that it can bring too many stakeholders into the game, and what potentially could happen. When you have a project of large complexity uh, that's spanning over multiple years and brings uh, a large amount of stakeholders, that creates uh, an opportunity for uh, a difficult decision making. And uh, I wouldn't say it's a particular disadvantage of uh, uh, the modified design build, but particularly because the, the owner is at the table while design is being developed, they want to make sure that their decisions are considered. And if there is a group that has many stakeholders or various departments that have influence on how the design is progressing, that potentially can be uh, a disadvantage that makes the process a bit longer. Other potential disadvantages, uh, maybe one on the contractor side that I can highlight. It just get into the point of a very highly competitive market where designers and builders have to be competitive. They usually come in with their best foot forward and they provide the leanest price as possible to be competitive and to be able to win the job. When you get, and with that being said, there is a lot of, uh, a lot of effort goes into the pursuit because design build and modified design build and also progressive design build proposals are taking a lot of effort and it it includes not only the qualification but it in some cases it may include some preliminary design work so in order to be successful commercially there are some assumptions need to be made and again to be competitive upfront many of the costs that happen 
during the pursuit phase are buried. And what contractor thinks is that the time to recover those costs is during the construction. Disadvantage to the contractor or uh, modified design builder in that case could be going and putting all this effort up front to pursue the job, win the job. There is generally a heavy, heavily discount fee during the design phase and with the hope to recover during construction. And if things go sideways and the owner decides to take this option of going out to the market with a completed design, that could be a significant financial loss to the modified design builder because again, just the na nature of competitiveness and trying to win the job, uh, there is usually no profit or very little profit built in, or in many cases, uh, it's actually considered to be a cost of pursuit. And it's just like, nobody knows if it's gonna be ever recoverable or not. So the disadvantage to the design builder at that point could be uh, the lost uh, costs, or I guess the, the lost opportunity and uh, the sank cost of the pursuit. The disadvantage on the client side, and again, there is no, not a perfect contract that's out there. The disadvantage on the client side is that if the fixed price proposal is achieved and uh, the contractor is successful in negotiations and uh, the fixed price, fixed price proposal is accepted and the owner proceeds with the work, and then for whatever reason, the owner needs to make changes those changes will be costly. But again, this, this is applicable many other uh, methods of procurement. Uh, so it's not necessarily uh, the, the one that's uh, singled out. But in summary, there is a, a shared risk between the owner and the modified design builder that, in my opinion, is very well balanced in uh, this method of procurement and this method of procurement is also gaining a lot of um, uh, popularity and it's branded uh, slightly differently with uh, non-governmental entities or some governmental entities have a special name for it you might have heard the progressive design build which is alike to modified design build and i was going to say that the modified design build is basically a spin-off of progressive design build uh, with DCC DND accents on it. And when I'm saying accents, it's just there are some uh, specific nuances that uh, DND DCC prescribes as milestones in uh, their procurements, while other progressive design uh, build their uh, requests for qualifications or proposals may not have uh, such a detailed uh, milestones. But again, uh, the DND DCC have adopted this uh, method of procurement and uh, it's been very successful. You mentioned the cost checks on a modified design build, but those also exist on a traditional design build project. Are there more of the cost checks with this system and are they still done by a third party consultant? That's, that's a very good question. I would say it's an excellent question. So yes, the price checks, are done by multiple parties. And uh, I'll speak about uh, the, the MDB uh, 
DCC way and DCC prescribe that the contractor or modified design builder will prepare an estimate. And they obviously prescribe that like for class D and uh, class C, it needs to be an elemental format and past that it needs to be in the trades format. And uh, the good thing is that DCC actually prescribes the CIQS elemental format, uh, those first two price checks, which is great because that brings that brings us that level that levels the plate and that allows for in-depth reviews and consultations and making sure that both the owner, the contractor, and third-party cost consultant or third-party QS do understand and evaluate the scope in the same way. And where I'd like to make a focus on the DCC prescribes, again, that the contractor prepares the estimate, but then a third-party QS challenges it on behalf of D&D DCC. And uh, my personal thoughts, that's actually one of the best things that could happen on the project where the prices are reviewed and challenged by multiple entities. And if you ask two estimators to price the same thing, you would never get the same price because every single estimator or quantity server will make their own assumptions. And uh, the beauty of uh, the, uh, the MDB method of procurement that at each stage of the design, this estimate is produced by a contractor, then it's reviewed and challenged by QS, and then uh, it ensures that the scope is understood and uh, evaluated equally across the board between all the stakeholders, the owner, the contractor, the designer gets the feedback about what they're designing to which is also very important because designers need to know the cost of their design. And sometimes that's where things go wrong because design gets advanced, but nobody is tracking the cost associated with that design. Where does the primary risk lie with this kind of system? My experience uh, with uh, this method of procurement had been very interesting in terms of uh, risk and how partners and uh, all the stakeholders perceive risk. Because uh, when you get everybody sitting at the same table, uh, and again, it's owner, it's the design team, it's the contractor team, and it could be uh, an array of uh, uh, specialized subject matter experts that also form part, part of the team. Uh, and when you get everybody in the same room talking about the risks, you highlight and you bring forward things that often might be uh, sitting back and maybe hidden by one or another party. And uh, what is super important is to make sure that the risk is allocated to the appropriate party who can manage this risk the best. And to um, give you a, an example uh, in my uh, uh, past, uh, past experiences with this method of procurement, we ended up having uh, a risk uh, register that was updated on a monthly basis and had input from all the stakeholders. And the risk register uh, would have all the 
itemized risks with a dollar value associated with them in case if that risk would realize. And by having all the stakeholders at that table and seeing the potential impacts that could happen if that if that particular risk is to be realized, everybody could see the down chain effect and everyone would understand what appropriate risk mitigation measures would take place in order to keep the project on the track. Uh, the good example of uh, this uh, risk allocation would be having owner control their scope, uh, their stakeholders on the scope definition and uh, the overall scope of the project. Because uh, when you have a large organization with multiple departments, each department would make their statement about what they desire to have. Uh, but one department may have something that would completely contradict uh, the requirements of another department. And if those things are not flushed out in front of the designer and the contractor, uh, the owner may think they've dealt with risk and they either accepted it or they had a mitigation measure. But when contractor and designer get to see that, they may have another uh, alternate, more efficient solution that will that may keep all the parties happy. So the advantage of this method of procurement is also with uh, the ability to manage the risk and ability to offload the risk to the party that can handle this risk the best. And uh, like some of the failures of the other procurement methods and some of the big projects uh, on design, like on the design build world were that the risks, the risk was accepted by the wrong party. And the going through modified design build route and having those integrated teams of people looking at the risks together eliminates the opportunity to, to go sideways. To you, what's the best reason to use modified design build procurement? Yeah, well, that's uh, that's uh, interesting um, that uh, with uh, the modified design build method of procurement, you can uh, you, you, do, you do have flexibility and ability to uh, put together a team that is the most uh, appropriately suited to do the tasks and works at the right phase of the project at the right time and uh, set the from set the project to success from its inception through its uh, uh, planning into the development and then execution. Uh, there is a uh, very uh, various uh, aspects of this procurement that can be tweaked and uh, various entities tweaking it to uh, their own uh, workflows and the processes. Uh, in, uh, in summary, if this process is in place and the owner uh, knows the high level of uh, the requirement to fulfill the business case, by going this methodology, 
sorry, by going this uh, procurement route, they likely can achieve and obtain their asset and get that asset into operation probably in the fastest way. Just because there is a significant amount of time that is saved uh, in between the phases uh, where you have a one point of contact and one entity dealing with the issues rather than conventional design bit build. So yes, there is amount of flexibility uh, and available with the modified design build. Yes, there is obviously risks associated with uh, this type of procurement and this type of procurement is probably not the best uh, for uh, for a high-rise uh, residential uh, type of project. Uh, this type of procurement is well suited for a complex, uh, complex uh, uh, large infrastructure developments. And uh, it's uh, it's been a proven method. Canadian Design Build Institute have been advocating for this procurement method for quite some time. And uh, again, it's uh, it's got really popular uh, with within uh, the federal and provincial governments in uh, in their infrastructure projects. And uh, and I think that the most important is that the initial the initial selection is based on qualifications. Yes, there is obviously the price component involved with it, but the key is and like <laughs> I keep hearing it all the time. You get what you pay for, or like some some things along these lines. So by going this conventional route and picking the, the cheapest uh, vendor to do the job, not always is the best thing to do. And uh, by doing uh, by doing uh, this type of procurement with uh, qualification based selection, uh, it's uh, it's definitely brings the value. Just uh, you know, like you probably heard many, many times that the dollar spent during the design could equal $100 spent on a construction site if uh, the design issue is not resolved at the planning phase. So it comes back to this. Through uh, this procurement method, you get the best team because at the uh, request for qualification phase, uh, the proponent will lay out the, the experience and uh, the expertise and uh, will propose the people and the people is obviously the, the biggest asset of the of the proponent and they'll show here's the people we propose for the team this is their expertise and they're fit for the job and then there is a commercial part that talks about money how much it costs but at the end of the day uh, having a qualified team uh, is the key for success because at the end of the day you get somebody who is less costly they're likely will take more time they'll likely make mistakes which will need to be rectified during the construction. And at the end of the day, the outturn cost for the project by the time it's fully operational may end up being much higher. So again, this, this methodology allows to select uh, the best proponent based on qualification. Again, without without any uh, discount, there is uh, other procurement methods that focus on the, on the selection of the team based on the qualifications. Uh, but generally, I think that's where the market should uh, look towards going in the future, doing the procurements based on qualifications and experience rather than purely purely on a cost-cost basis. Thanks, Mikola, for talking to us about modified design build procurement. For Knowledge Counts, 
I'm Wendy Hobbs.